first one got interrupted, so we are patient. Take two. Take three. Third time's the charm. I'm hoping this makes sense. Hello and welcome. Coming to you pre-recorded from my office or my bedroom, whichever I feel like. I'm here to talk to you about self-sabotage and how that relates to work-life balance. I believe everyone struggles with their inner saboteurs at one point in time or another, and sometimes even without being aware of it. And we carry these saboteurs without necessarily knowing how they might be holding us back. For me, I'm dealing with overthinking and perfectionism and procrastinating. And this leads me to push myself past my boundaries or my personal limits at work in order to feel like a valuable member of my team. That is something I believe we can change. We can achieve a professional standard that is inclusive for everybody. We are in an era of transition towards inclusivity, and it's an amazing thing to watch. However, it hasn't been that way for all of us, and we still struggle with some tendencies and biases that tend to hold us back. This is something I believe we can change, especially when one entrepreneur looks inward and perpetuates those same values towards their community and any employees or anybody they pay forward to in the future. As an entrepreneur myself, it's my mission to do my part to move the meter towards inclusivity by sharing my values with you. Please keep listening for a short pitch at the end where I will tell you about my marketing business on social media, CoFellow. If you would like to share something with me, Anchor allows you to share a voice note, and I would love to include that in my next episode. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoyed today's topic. With today's topic, I encourage you to sing your heart song by developing a self-care ritual. Self-care, to me, is challenging the rules that I follow just because, and abiding by the ones that make sense to me. Self-care is challenging the beliefs that I have about myself that have been placed on me and replacing them with things that resonate with me. I've broken this huge subject into the topics of the different types of self-care, the theory and execution, how the media sells us self-care versus how we actually practice it, the problem with that, and also the solution that I have personally found And I'll share a bit of my practice with you as well. I always love sharing ideas. If you have any ideas, I would love your feedback. Please go share your self-care rituals with me on any of my social platforms. I'll link them in the description. And I will leave you with my wishes for you and your self-care ritual. Self-care is different for everybody. There's different types of self-care. Like reparenting your inner child and becoming your own authority. Or... The typical type, like face masks, journaling, cleaning, venting, crying, or taking space and feeling your feelings. For me, taking showers is always my safe space. These rest and recovery types of self-care are great outlets for getting introspective and getting clear and getting grounded. And there's also expansive types of self-care, such as travel or working out and bonfires, or walking in the wind. It doesn't even have to be expensive or intense. It could be like taking cold showers, singing, dancing, screaming, or connecting with your higher self. And these types of self-care are great for letting go of things that don't serve you and releasing frustration. This type of self-care is also great for grounding and getting clear and just being foundationally sound within yourself as a person. Self-care can really help with 
nervous system regulation. And that's a fancy way of saying it can really help calm stress and anxiety and a feeling of safety in the body. And the reason this is so important is because without nervous system regulation, over time we can actually develop things like chronic pain. I've talked about my migraines before. I've had those since I was a baby. But many people develop chronic pain over their lifetime and it can come at various stages of life and in various different ways. And it's not always the case that it's a symptom of stress, but a lot of the times it can be. For me, I know that my migraines are triggered by stress. I have a lot of chronic pain friends who they get flare-ups for no apparent reason. However, they also know that stress is a really big contributor to the severity of how they experience flare-ups. Having a self-care practice is very important to me in order to have the tools in my tool belt to be able to work through them when I do get a migraine in order to prevent flare-ups. Self-care is important to me. I hope I've made that super clear. However, when it comes to the theory of self-care, everything is fabulous. The media especially portrays self-care as a glamorous act with spa days and lavish retreats. And sometimes this might be beyond your budget or perhaps even your interests. I've got a lot of hobbies, but I can't say spa days are one of them. And this idea causes self-care to feel inaccessible to some. And we can all find something that makes us happy day to day, that we can practice and develop our process and have fun with. And the theory of self-care is to do the beautiful things and be happy. And this is true. I have done spa days and gotten my nails done and it is fun and it is nice and it's good to do the beautiful things. It's a great practice to do the things that fill your own cup. But the reality that we don't see or talk about is that self-care is also making really hard decisions for your own betterment in your highest good. It's also losing relationships and outgrowing people that mean a lot to you. And they can still mean a lot to you for you to know that some people just aren't for you. And sometimes that means becoming the villain in someone else's story in order to live your truth. Especially when that means that your truth deviates from the version of you that other people expect. And if there's something that I've learned from my self-care ritual, it's that the best way to hurt your own feelings is to have expectations of people beyond face value. Everybody, everybody has an internal narrative that nobody can see. You never, never know what somebody might be keeping to themselves. And that's why it's so important to be kind. And that's why it's so important to fill your cup up first so that you can be kind. Because everybody's struggling. It's a hard world out here. And that's okay. And it's okay to need help. I've said this before. It's okay to ask for it. It's okay to have a hard day. It's okay to not be on your game all the time. But you can't be stuck there. You have to know how to get out of it. Anyway, that was kind of a ramble. Self-care is a harm reduction from an addiction to stress in a society that perpetuates binge and restrict culture. I used to be addicted to stress. My running baseline was max anxiety, high tension, ready to combust. And I have friends with some crazy stories. 
I can't say I was one to really lash out at people around me, but on the inside, I was running bare because my cup was always empty. And still, I fight against the narrative of hustle culture at work where we have to be at our highest capacity at all times because sometimes you can't be. Sometimes you have to be your own first priority. And there's a lot of people out there who don't know how to make themselves their first priority. The biggest demographic in particular, I want to say, is moms. Moms are always putting themselves on the back burner for their kids. And dads, too. And in order to be there for your kids, you have to know how to fill your own cup. So that you can show them how to fill their own cup. It's a harsh world out there. Bad things happen. Hard days happen. For everybody. It's not going to go away. I would love to live in a perfect world, but we don't. So the only way to combat that is to go inwards. So the solution to this lies in something I said earlier. When you're living your truth, it's like rewriting your story. Reparenting your inner child and offering yourself the thing that you wanted or the thing that you needed somebody to offer you when you were young and struggling and felt alone and being that person for yourself. Because as you grow older, that little kid is still sitting there feeling lonely and misunderstood. So it's your job as an adult to show them understanding and compassion and friendship. That's your job to fulfill that need that your inner child had. But when that new story that you're writing deviates from the version of you that someone else has, it can be hard to adjust for both parties. And sometimes relationships end or they transform. But if you lead with love and integrity, it's easy to embrace your inner villain. It's easy to fill your own cup. Even if people are talking about you or misunderstanding you or making you feel small, or even when you're in the wrong. And it's okay to be wrong. Nobody asked you to be correct. Those are the moments that you need to love yourself the hardest because people's opinions about you is none of your business. Whether it's a good opinion or a bad opinion, it's none of your business. And in those moments where you might be triggered, it's your job to offer yourself grace and compassion and kindness and be gentle. People can hold space for their own expectations. And that includes me. That includes you. And like I said before, having expectations is the best way to disappoint yourself. Now, moving on to my practice with self-care. My practice is to get a daily dose of the self-reflect types of self-care and the expansive types of self-care. So I like to journal and I like to paint and I like cooking and I like cleaning. I don't love cleaning, but I enjoy it for, like, the meditative aspect. I like to do stuff as, like, an outlet for self-care. Like, some people, they can sit on the couch and watch TV for hours and hours, and that's their self-care. But that doesn't always fill my cup, more so than become a habit. And then I'm lost for a couple weeks binging something or a couple things. (laughs) And... I just like to do stuff. I like to be productive with my time and I like to make things. So that's my outlet for self-care, for self-reflection. And then for expansive self-care, I actually take 
cold showers, like 50% cold, 50% hot. And there's actually a number of benefits to doing that, including nervous system regulation, and it's good for your skin and for your hair, and, and I'm sure there's more than that, but I started doing it in high school and just never really stopped. And I try and go for a walk at least four times a week. And in regards to protecting my boundaries, I say yes to about 80% of my work. And I practice saying no to about 20%. That's beyond my bandwidth, whether that's with an outstanding contract. I'm not going to say yes to every single thing that they ask me just because they're paying me. Sometimes things are beyond the scope of what we've agreed to. Or sometimes they can just wait until the next day and they're making it seem more urgent than it actually is but you know we be professional and we be polite but we also have boundaries and then with the 80% that I say yes to I practice going above and beyond on all 80% of the things that I do because I do value my job and I do value the people who I work with and what I contribute to the team but that does not mean I'm a working machine or a hustler that just means that I go above and beyond (laughs) And I was talking about this earlier, but I truly, truly practice and emphasize on the word practice. It's never perfect. Loving myself the hardest when I'm wrong or misunderstood or triggered or angry. And for me personally, this means when I'm experiencing big feelings, I like to go into my shell and process the way that I like to process. I don't typically like to do... The big feelings thing in front of others and I can get lost sometimes in thought rather than in the feeling and I've been told this before by others that I can sometimes say a lot without saying anything at all and it's just all words no feelings at all and that's not necessarily productive that's why I typically like to journal first or maybe take a beat <laughs> to just process and take an inventory of all of the big feelings before I bring them up or dissect them with another person. And I have the same rule for non-work-related self-care. I allocate about 80% of my time maintaining the system that works and 20% of my time trying new things and getting uncomfortable. So what I mean by that is 80% of my time goes into maintaining business and chores and my podcast, my social life and my meal prep and my hobbies and all of the things that are important to me. And then 20% of my time is putting myself out there and researching something new and then trying that in my business or in my hobbies or any of those other things that are important to me. And this kind of ties back to the cold shower thing too. It's a way to train your body how to manage discomfort. When you intentionally expose yourself to something uncomfortable like cold water, it creates a pathway in your brain for you to coach yourself through things that are uncomfortable. You know how long it's going to take. You know it sucks. And I've been doing this for years and it still sucks. But you're also keeping your eye on the prize of the benefits of why you're doing this thing and how you're going to feel afterwards when you get out of the shower and that it doesn't need to feel good right away for it to serve you. And you can teach yourself these tools. I often practice taking an inventory of my thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and 
identifying the difference between them and honing in on what my gut instinct feels like versus what my thoughts might be saying versus what my heart is really, really yearning for. Because since doing so, I've noticed that there's a difference. Instinctual is fast and it's quick and your body tells you right away. And it's based on past experiences where your thoughts are based off of the external information that you've been given. And then your emotions are the things that you have no control over. It happens inside you and they speak to you. They send you messages all the time. And to me, at least, they all have their own voice and their own purpose for me. And I leave you with my wish for you. I hope you develop a self-care ritual that fills your cup. It does not matter what it looks like. It doesn't have to look the same as it does in the media, where you've got clay and cucumbers on your face and varnish on your nails, and you're in Cuba twice a year. If that's not for you, that's okay. But if you really, really love fishing and it just makes you feel full, do that more specifically because you enjoy it. Or maybe you're like me and you're a bit of a hobbyist and you love painting and maybe you also have some hobbies you don't particularly love too, like chores. Do the ones that you love. And if you're a business owner like me and you're working with clients and you have different types of clients who have different needs, seek more clients that ask of you the things that you enjoy doing. It's not rocket science to have a business that you love. It's just a matter of holding out for those clients that are ready and willing to learn from you the things that you are excited to teach. That's where the magic happens. And allow yourself to say no at work sometimes. It's okay. You are not going to get fired if you say, not today, guys, I'm taking a beat. Because it'll be there tomorrow, I promise you. And if it's not, maybe you'll realize how easy it is for them to delegate to just anybody. It doesn't always have to be you to complete the work. Just because you know you'll go above and beyond does not mean that the next person won't go above and beyond. You don't know that. So if you're beyond your bandwidth for the day, say no. Here's your permission if you needed it. And I challenge you to find one thing that you absolutely love about every single day. Even on the hard days, especially on the hard days, find ways to bring more love into your life. Whether you're single or not, go find love between you and the dogs in the street, the birds in the sky, and the water that you see on the drive to work, and the smell of your coffee, the feeling of the soap in your hands when you are cleaning dishes. Maybe not the food, but the soap is nice. I actually really like doing dishes. I find it therapeutic. And that's because I found little things within it that I enjoy. And that's actually where I find plenty of inspiration for art and stuff. Just sort of the sound of the water and the motion is soothing to me. I think that's kind of weird, but, you know, my dishes are done, so that's cool. And when you practice filling your cup consistently, you can actually craft this happy place in your head that you can escape to when you're uncomfortable. This is actually what I do when I'm taking cold showers or when I'm doing dishes is I escape to this happy place that sometimes changes, but it's usually consistent. It's usually the surrealist cabin in Newfoundland. My happy place is a cabin in the woods that borders a forest and the ocean, and about a mile away through this forest is a town. 
in Newfoundland. And within my plot of land, I collect stones and sticks and pretty flowers and I make tinctures and I paint the rocks and I live off the land and I bathe in the ocean and real hippie off the grid stuff. And the townspeople both fear and respect me because they buy my tinctures off of me and they have no understanding of my way of life, but they know that what I give them works and they leave me alone to protect the land and be with the trees and be with the animals. And in this universe, I don't pay taxes. And I go here anytime I'm doing something uncomfortable and it allows me to be that much more present and bring that piece of comfort with me everywhere that I go. And I hope that you can find something like that for yourself. Start small. For me, it's always been painting, and the more that I paint, the more vividly I can paint in my mind without a brush. And get your feelings out. There's no one type of self-care that is better than the other, but for me, I love the introspective type of self-care, which means sometimes I neglect the extrospective types of self-care, And that's not good either. It's important to feel your feelings, but it's also important to let them go and not get stuck in a place where you don't know how to slow down or where you don't know how to speed up. Balance is key, my dudes. And I leave you with this. I appreciate team self-care and all of its glory. Introspection through rest and recovery and extrospection through curiosity and observation. I embrace the discomfort of big feelings because the only way out of them is through them. The way I lived my life in the past, my feelings were always in control. And it's exhausting. And it felt like my feelings were just so big that if I let them out, I wouldn't be able to pick them up. But then when I did let them out, I realized it wasn't that big of a deal. That I am not the crescent rolls in the container that once you break the seal, you will never get it back in the container. I am not the bedsheets that once you unfold them, you will never get them back into the box that they came in. I'm a person with feelings. And when you bottle them up for a very long time, explosions ensue. And this is why I say that the only way out is through. And with that, I hope you notice just how accessible self-care is to you in your context of whatever your inner child wants you to do. And with all of that, I hope you notice just how accessible self-care is to you and that you really hone in on a practice that will allow you to connect with your inner child. That's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And as promised, I will tell you about my business on social media, CoFellow. My business operates mainly off Instagram. And I recently started a TikTok account and I also have a Patreon account. When you visit me on one of my platforms, you will see me testing all of my strategies and also providing some tips and tricks for brands on social media. When you follow me, I will keep you up to date on the important dates within this community so you don't miss a beat on Patreon or on Procrastination Station. With this platform, it's my mission to create impact around professional standards towards inclusivity and sustainability. When you subscribe to my premium podcast on Patreon, you join the CoFellow community. With CoFellow, it's our mission to create social impact, environmental impact, and advocate for health and wellness in our communities. 
My methods are designed for creative businesses, including service providers, makers, and artisans to help them spend less time creating their social media and more time working closely with informed and invested buyers from their social media. I typically work with coaches, consultants, artists, makers, and people in a health and wellness industry. If this sounds like you, go give me a like, follow, and favorite on Instagram, and I look forward to connecting. Thanks again for being here. I would love your feedback, and keep listening for release dates and early subscriptions on my Patreon account. Things are still in the works, but I will have a trailer and a new pitch for you shortly. Thank you so much for being here, as always. Cheers!